Welcome back to another episode of Anger Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk about all things tunes and talk of feminism. It's been a busy month, and I'm so thankful that many of you have sent in submissions for being guests. I'm excited to talk to more and more of you about the project you're working on and the spaces that you're creating. Speaking of creating, this month I chatted with Tiffany of Teenage Bigfoot, based out of Philadelphia. Tiffany had a lot to say about her career as a bassist, finding her way to creating Teenage Bigfoot, and finding other women in the heavier punk part of the scene. So with that, let's listen to some of Teenage Bigfoot and dig into my chat with Tiffany. Tiffany, welcome to Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. Happy to be here. I appreciate that. Um, can you tell me about um, Teenage Bigfoot, how you became a band, and you know how you became involved? Sure. Uh, Teenage Bigfoot started summer of 2013. Um, we were originally a four-piece. We had a keyboard player uh, for a short period of time before we kind of decided, you know, we wanted to play something heavier, something faster. Um, have pretty much been a three-piece since the beginning, have a second drummer as of January of last year. Um, geez, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> trying to, like, it's so hard trying to, like, do all the steps of, like, being in the band when you're watching, like, other people, like, are able to leap ahead, like, 30 feet. We're just like, yeah, we'll take our time. We'll get there when we get there. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I feel like every band has their different to becoming together and finding their solid lineup and of course writing music and such too um to kind of backtrack can you tell me a little bit about the name teenage bigfoot where did that come from 
Yeah, so uh, there was a band that I was in for a short period of time called Ink Stains. It was a, like a three-show kind of band. And uh, we had a song called Teenage Bigfoot. The name came up as kind of like a thrown around, you know, just kind of shooting that crap kind of conversation. And, you know, eventually when two words kind of come together, you're like, oh, my God, that sounds amazing. That'd be an amazing band name. <laughs> um, but upon uh, further looking through the Internet, it was apparently a movie poster in a episode of Doug. Oh, cool. Which, I don't know. There's that for 90s nostalgia stuff. So. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah. that's, that's really cool. I like how that all kind of comes together, and then you kind of find the reference after. That's neat. Yeah, it's just like, oh, okay, that works out, you know. <laughs> uh, it's funny, one time uh, I was at a show here, um, and some of the guys from Teenage Bottle Rocket were hanging around, and they were outside, and I was like, you oh, know, hey, what's up, we're a bunch of cool guys. I was like, oh, hey, you know, I'm also in a band that's a teenage something or other, like, oh, we're 40-year-old men, so <laughs> I don't know who that, uh, that's supposed to be a knock at, but... I don't know. <laughs> I guess. Uh, excuse you. You're teenage bottle rocket. We are teenage Bigfoot. <laughs> We're like an animal. Okay. <laughs> There's some ferocity there. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, so Tiffany, can you kind of tell me about um, when you first began to play music and, you know, what instruments you're picking up that kind of time in your life as well? Sure. Um, I started playing bass when I was about 11 or 12. Um, I pretty much have only ever played bass. I was kind of a, a lazy musician. I never really wanted to like, I was like, oh, my hands are too small for guitar. Um, <laughs> so I formed a lot of really bad habits that now when I'm trying to learn guitar. Okay. Hard to break. But um, yeah, I kind of just started out playing other people's songs. I learned how to, you know, I, I got a rudimentary education where until I learned how to read tabs on the internet. And I started playing other people's songs until I was like, I could do this thing, you know, I could try it out, you know, um, where was I going with the rest of that, I'm not sure. <laughs> what kind of music were you listening to, or what were, like, the songs that you wanted to play when you were first starting to play bass? Um, well, I think it's, like, a cliche answer, but Green Day's Longview really stuck with me, I was like, oh my god, this is, like, the sweetest bass line, it's just, like, it was just so smooth, and just, like, you know, coupled with everything else that was happening in the song, I was like, man, this is something really different, this is really interesting. Um, but I was listening to like punk and pop punk stuff from when I was like 12 and 13. So I was mostly playing that, uh, in addition to like learning like Motown hits because they're just really good pop songs. Yeah. Uh, so they're pretty easy to learn. Everything just follows a scale. So, um, uh, that. <laughs> no, that's neat. I, I love hearing about what kind of like sounds and like bands people are playing with and stuff. And Green Day is always a favorite for that. So. Yeah, I mean, it's the easiest go back because, again, they're they're just well-written pop songs. Like, they are. If you strip away the lyrics at the end of the day, like, they're still just really well-written songs, and they got the perfect kind of bop. Uh, you know, I think Trey Cool is a uh, specifically uh, – what's the word I want to use? Like, he's just a, a unique drummer, I think, in the punk scene because no one else does that beat that he does, and that's no. what makes Green Day such a – that's what makes them such a standout band you know, 30 years later, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why they have a legacy. I mean, it's catchy. It's, you know, relevant still. I feel like I can still go back and listen to a lot of like their earlier music and be like, Oh, this is actually still important to me here. And, you know, I'm in my mid twenties, you know? Exactly. And as the closer I get to 30, you know, I kind of detach myself from the songs lyrically, but in the same way, I'm like, man, wow, that was a really great 
turn that they did there. Oh my God, did you hear that drum fill? It's insane. So, you know, it's nice to get uh, a new, you could still turn a new ear to those old songs. Yeah. You know, sonically, energetic wise and such, you know, that stuff doesn't go away. That doesn't age. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's an energy to, to channel, you know, like I want to be Billy Jill, you know, who doesn't, <laughs> but I'd also like to be Billy Joe first, I guess. <laughs> when I'm like 60. <laughs> it's okay. You have your segmented phases of, you know, who you want to be musically. Yeah. I'd like to retire in like, you know, jazz lounge stuff, you know? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Can you kind of tell me about maybe like your first bands and, you know, how that kind of shaped you into, you know, Teenage Bigfoot? Sure. Uh, so as I mentioned earlier, I was in this band Ink Stains and it was me and three other guys. And I was playing bass and pretty much taking a back seat. Um, the guy who was singing and playing guitar pretty much was just like, hey, you do this. Hey, you do that. You play this. And I was just like, okay, whatever. It's my first band. I don't really care. I, you know, it was, I never really had the experience of being in a band or having an interest of like, I still wasn't a confident musician at that point. I was just like, oh my God, this is so great. I get to do this thing. And um, the guy just kind of like turned into like, like a power freak and, Beyond that, he wasn't committed to the work. So he wanted to dictate the songs. He wanted to write all the songs and control how the songs sound. But, you know, he would forget the songs at, like, the next practice or we would play a show and, like, everything would fall apart, like, three songs in. And it wasn't until we played, like, it was, like, a, I think the last show that we played, it was at a basement. It was, like, really terrible and awful. And, like, we were playing our last song. I'm like, thank God this is almost coming to an end. And... <laughs> You know, he just goes for this solo, and he's just still going. And I turn, and I look to the other guys in the band, who were also in their first band for the first time, which is like, all right, just follow me. Like, just <laughs> watch what I do. And so, like, you know, I just kind of, like, you know, stood by. And so, lesson learned here is that, you know, someone kind of needs to step up. You know, and, actually, let me take a step back here. Uh, after that band had fallen apart, that guy sent me an email, and it was a link to some, like, really awful article that was like, uh, you know, how to be in a like ten steps to being in a band. Oh and God! Number one, the number one thing on it was know your role. And I was oh, like, God, how dare you? First of all, um, but you know, now having been in the band four years later, I can apply that to really mean where like every single person in the band needs to have a position, and everyone needs to understand what their role is in the band. Like, if you choose to be someone who doesn't want to deal with social media or you know booking or any of that that's cool but something else has to be your job so that it's you know a working unit uh like in my band i i for me i take 90 percent of the responsibility of songwriting because that's just what i like to do but in the same respects like kb who plays guitar like he handles all the social media stuff like he's talking to people on the internet he's booking the shows you know and so there's no real clash of ego when it comes down to that um i think more than anything it just you need a lot of just a lot of time just to learn how to like grow with people and just learning how to just like swallow your pride and just know that not everything is an attack on you as a person. It's just, how can we grow together as a unit? Well, We're yeah, not you're a team. Right. Exactly. You're a team. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's easy to like, it's easy to want to step up in other ways and, you know, maybe sit back, but like everybody has to be on the same page. Uh, and it's, I will say it's nice being in a band now where everyone is on the same page. Everyone is just into making music, into having a good time, into letting other people have a good time. 
No, it sounds like that's like the best scenario you'd want as a band. You want everybody to be able to communicate, be able to create, and, you know, at the same time, watch yourselves grow musically, personally, all that jazz. Exactly. And, you know, again, it's it's a – I think just even outside of a band, just in any kind of friendship, like you just have to be able to – is that a cat on your lap? Oh, my gosh. That's a dog. <laughs> this is Bear. Oh, my gosh. Look at him. Oh. <laughs> He's hiding from his sister right now. She's the puppy, so he's like, I will hide on mom's lap. No. <laughs> um, wow, that dogs distract me so easily. That's okay. Um, <laughs> so, but just in general, like, you know, just in friendships together, like, I like maintaining friendships where everyone likes to be creative, and even if it's something that I'm not involved in, and someone could say, hey, listen, like, can I get your opinion on this? Like, yeah, let me show you this thing. It's just nice to be able to just openly share, you know, your your creations and your product with other people and without feeling like you're being attacked when it might not be the best thing at first, you know? Yeah. It was a really long ramble. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's important. And I think like, you know, everybody can afford to listen to the idea that, you know, Hey, if you're going to be creative and you're going to work in a space with people, it has to be fair and constant communication. You got to be able to work well together and be creative. It's like the essentials of, being in a band, I feel like. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. Well, you know, with that being said, all this stuff that you've learned about, of course, you know, being in a band and working together, what's it like during your practice or the time that you kind of spend together just hashing through music? Um, it's, it's exhausting. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, you know, but I, I enjoy it. I mean, I think practice is one of the best times of like, that's the best day of the week for me. Um, I just like, you know, it's a really great thing is I like going to karaoke because I like watching people with a microphone and just that little opportunity to get to like scream into something. And then mm-hmm. I, you know, when I get to go to practice, I get to yell into a microphone and I get to be goofy as shit. And I get to slam into somebody else and not have to really <laughs> worry about performing. And just like, you know, really, you really get to feel the energy of like your friends in the room. Like sometimes when you play a show, uh, I mean, I get like that. Sometimes you're just like so focused. You're just like, okay, I'm going to nail this part and you're going to nail that part and everything's going to go together. But like you go to practice and there's like nothing at stake. You can just really just let loose and just sweat and scream and cough it all out. <laughs> That's really awesome. I love I love just that image of, you know, being able to just kind of put yourself completely out there and such. And, you know, I feel like a lot of that allows you to kind of get the creative juices flowing for a better way to put it, because, you know, you're just putting it all out there and you're jamming, you're with your friends. It's it's a space where you can really expose all of that by the sound of it. Exactly. There's no mirror in the room, so I'm not distracted by like, oh, God, how sweaty am I right now? What's my hair (laughs) like? Like, mascara dripping down my face. But, yeah, it's... It's just the, the one time a week I really just get to absolutely let loose. I mean, you get to do it at shows, but, you know, there's a different kind of energy you have to put forth there, you know? Yeah, you're you're a little bit more theatrical, and you're putting more into your presence oh, at that so point. But, but everybody's, like, you know, what they're perceiving of you in that moment and such, so. Yeah. I do want to say, actually, when I was listening to, uh, what was it, Double Whisker, Coke, No Mice? Yeah. I, one of the things I really loved about listening to that entirety was the fact that I feel like I got a taste of both what a live show and perhaps what a recording session is like all in one. Yeah. I felt like all that energy, but it also felt like low key, like very personable listening to that EP. I don't know how else to describe that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, we had a we recorded most of the vocals um, in a uh, in a huge apartment, and um, we had a buddy that set up like this little crazy like recording studio because he was doing voice acting for cartoons. Oh wow! And we had like six or seven people just like hanging out and just like shouting stuff in the mic. Like I love hype man stuff. I just love it. Like I just like when something sounds like it's a party. Yeah. Um, a lot of the times, like when I'm writing songs, I'm just like, oh god, does this sound too serious? Like, does this sound like I'm taking myself too seriously? Like, I also want to come off sincere, but I also don't want to like, you know, I realize that I'm not. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I realize that I'm not like saying. I'm not saying anything like super serious. I guess, or anything with, like, that much weight. Like, I still want it to be light and airy. Uh, so, yeah, all that, all those, like, goofy interjections, like, KB is great for that uh, during recordings. <laughs> it was just like, ooh, yeah, wow. I feel like one of those, like, <laughs> just how, like, I feel so wonderful, so good today. And, like, the end of it, like, who said that? But that's amazing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, I'm glad to hear that that's what comes through when you listen to that. That makes me feel wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it was just so fun. I loved all the songs on it, of course. But, like, one of the things that stood out to me was just that that sort of presence that was there that I don't feel like I hear enough of musicians' work. Like, I would love to hear bands just kind of let loose on EPs like that and just, you know, be personable, I think, is really what came through. Because I, I felt like I got a sense of personalities and, you know, who you are you know, beyond possibly what I would see at a show or what I would hear in a more traditional style recording. Well, that's very nice. Thank you. <laughs> Thank course. you so much. Yeah. Um, so, Too Lit to Quit, that was one of your more recent releases. I freaking love that. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of fun to make. What made you pick that name for the EP? Oh, my God, because we're addicted to puns, and we're just, like, stuck in this pun loop right now. And <laughs> it's just, like, everything that we do is just like, oh, that would be a really great pun. So I feel like, you know, Teenage Bigfoot is a name that yields a, a lot of punny titles. Yeah. Um, but also, like, same thing, I, I just felt like that whole that whole thing just sounded like such a party. Like, I listened to just like, wow, this is this is good. Like, a lot of the other stuff that, like, we record, I listen to, and we've, we've done it, uh, you know, the DIY, brah. But DIY on, like, a real budget, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> really, really some budgeting people. And the first time I listened, I was like, man, this is awesome like this is so good like this sounds lit like this is lit like and one of us said oh it's too lit to quit like oh yes that's amazing (laughs) that's so wonderful I I, gosh I just love it whenever I can feel that a little bit in the way that the EP was presented and then like listening to it I think I you totally nailed it when you're describing kind of like it's got a like slight party feel to it it's fun like it's really good and I, I, I definitely am a huge fan. Um, can you kind of tell me a little bit about what it was like writing songs like Totally Called It? I mean, that's a really cool song, by the way. I love the way it's written. I love the energy. It feels very pure punk to me. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> totally Called It is a song I wrote, um, geez, I guess like around like 2014. Uh, it's a song about like, being in a relationship with somebody and you can just feel them pulling away and you just know that both parties are too afraid to like talk about the feelings. So you feel like you can kind of communicate through like, you know, bad eye contact and projections in general. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I, I, that's also one of my favorite songs. We don't ever really get to play it uh, that often, but I, I, uh, I feel like that's like one of the first songs that really kind of solidified the, 
<laughs> the thing that we do, which is the upbeat to downbeat mm-hmm. kind of thing. I just love things that just, I love, I love fast songs. I love super fast punk, but I also like when you just kind of get that little moment where just like, not so much a breakdown, but just that two seconds, like, man, this just got really, really, really heavy for, you know, just for like a brief moment before you bring it back. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, you know, since we're such a bass-driven band, I think uh, I think it really comes through there. But that that song, uh, that song, it, I would say it, it gets a little more difficult now to play because the feelings aren't aren't there so much. But it is such a like it's such a personal song. I definitely put a lot of like too too many details in it kind of song. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but still an awesome song. I'm glad you enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of the songs in this album felt, or, or this release, it actually felt very personal in that sense, but at the same time, it's, like, very much relatable for that reason. Um, you know, just lyrically and sonically, it's like, I felt the weight, <laughs> and it yeah. was good. It was like, I like to I like to think about that and process that. One of the things that, like, I, uh, I think about Amy Winehouse a lot, like, I remember she had this quote that was, like, you know, I think it's great that, like, girls can have songs about, like, being angry and, like, not needing dudes, so, like, or not needing, like, a partner or whatever, but, like, in the same respects, like, what's wrong with being able to express, like, damn, like, I love you so much, but sometimes, oh, you make my life really difficult, you know, and I, you know, I'm I'm in a relationship, I've been in a relationship for, like, five years, I'm super happy in a relationship, and it's really hard to, like, you know, challenge those kind of songs, but in the same respect, like, I have, uh, I find it, strange trying to like reach the right kind of audience because dudes tend to like the music that I play and I find it harder to reach like a girl like a a lady based audience because I feel like the two the two ideas don't really mesh that well but I feel like there's some little channel path that I just got to get down you know like a lot of a lot of stuff happening in Philly right now is uh what I like to call slow jam and lady bands which are great. And they really set a mood. They just have that, you know, really awesome, like, 1990s in a basement. You just got done watching Pete and Pete. And, like, it just really sets, like, this great vibe. But it's just not the kind of music that I like to play. And more often than not, we tend to get put onto shows where it's like, oh, hey, there's another girl in this band. We could put this, this band on this show with this girl. And it's just like, I would love to play shows to, I would love to play shows where there are more like female bodied people in the audience, but it's just like the two, the two just don't really meld well together. I don't know. Or maybe it's just like how weird the scene is that it doesn't allow like this. It doesn't allow this to cross over into that, I guess. I don't know. I think it's interesting (laughs) that you bring that up because it's like, it's uh. I definitely feel like there is a crossover. It may be not be in the immediate scene because, like, immediately I, I gravitated toward this. And, like, I feel like it's difficult because so much of, like, punk and even hardcore have a hard time making space for women voices that, you know, are diverse. And it's almost the assumption that women have to play a particular genre of music or a style of music. Yeah. And it's, like, it's hard to kind of find the space where you can intersect without becoming tokenized. Exactly. In the same respects, though, like, the typical punk girl, like, the not nice punk girl is always the girl who's at the shows, and, like, I can't tell you how many times I've, like, I've played shows, and there'll be, like, a girl in the room who's obviously someone's girlfriend, and it doesn't matter, I don't care, you're still here, you're still here to see a show, you obviously want to be here, so, like, 
if you make eye contact and you say hello and you look away or you do the like me thing, we're just going to stand across the room. So like, it's such a weird like dichotomy of like lady ladies in the scene kind of thing. Cause it's just like, I want to, cause I was that girl. I want, I wanted to be the mean punk girl. I've always been like a girl who was mostly friends with dudes because that's what was around. That's what was available. That's, you know, that's who also liked the things that I liked, you know, where I live. And it's just such a hard habit to break to not like, you know, look at another girl at a punk show and go, oh, what is she here for? You know, what is she doing? What is she about? Oh, she's probably a poser. It's just like, oh, man, she's just here to enjoy a show, too. Like, I hope she likes my stuff. Like, anytime we play a show and there's a girl in the room, like, oh, God, I hope she likes my band. Oh, God, I want to be your friend. You know? <laughs> well, shit, the more that you keep playing these shows, I feel like that population of, you know, like, women and just diversity in the room will slowly open up. I feel like that's the case a lot of the time, the more that I start to see, you know, a more traditionally punk band that happens to feature women and whether in any, literally any position in the band, it feels like the space opens up that much wider to accommodate more women, whether they're standing and enjoying the set photographers, whoever they are. It's like, it opens that space a little bit wider every time. And, Heck, I'm going to be sharing you with all these women and femmes and non-binary and non-gender conforming folks. So, hell, let's see more of y'all turn up in Philly. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to see that, and I'd love to hear about that. I, I, I always start to feel a little bit of hope, and I'm like, I see or I feel another person who just isn't, like, another dude in the room. Like, yeah. I totally get that feeling that you were describing. It's like, yes, we're here. We're growing. That It's a positive feeling, I think, in the end. Exactly. I have a, uh, I have a, a, a standby, which is like, don't, don't trust girls that aren't excited to talk to other girls. And it, it makes it like, you know, like all, all shyness and, and, and anxiety things like set aside. But like, if you're in a room full of people and there's another girl there and you're not immediately excited to be like, oh my God, yes. So what I can relate to like, oh, so I'm not so sure what you're about. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I think like the other thing too is a lot of, a lot of other bands, like, you know, a lot of dude bands are taking the opportunity to say, like, hey, listen, like, I mean, except when they say, like, hey, what are some cool female-fronted bands? Oh, God. Eye band. roll. <laughs> okay, that's a band. That's um, not a genre. <laughs> but at least, like, but they're taking the opportunity to, like, speak out more at shows. Like, even as simple as, like, hey, guy, you're really uh, blocking that girl's good time at the show. Like, how about let her stand in front of you? Like, things as simple as that. Like, hey, maybe, like, that person doesn't look like they're having a good time. Let's maybe push them forward or help them to the side. Like, just, like, there's no reason for punk to be such a hostile place. Like, yeah, we all want to look tough, and we all want to feel like, we all want to feel, I mean, like, I feel, I feel powerful when I go to punk shows. There's just, like, this huge mass wave of people, and we're all there for the same reason, and we're all singing along, and, you know, we're all feeling this energy in the same way. So it's like, why can't we all enjoy it, like, in a nice way why do we have to like hurt each other or like you know go out of the way to make someone else uncomfortable that's not what punk is yeah i mean share the space simple enough and yeah share the space <laughs> yeah and it's like you know i think it makes a difference when we have more people whether they you know just diverse people and a variety of people speaking up about yeah. the same things that you brought up you know make it a space where people feel included because i feel like we're all stuck under this like umbrella of feeling like, you know, the misfits. That's like the traditional view of a punk where the misfits, the outcasts, what have you. And it's like, well, why can't we get all that together? Just cause you know, right. <laughs> just cause I have a certain like gender identity or sexual identity or, you know, race or whatever. What, 
We're all misfits together. Let's we're all nerds. We're all nerds. Yeah, let's just do it together. It'll, it'll feel better when we have to go back into the real world anyway if we're all together, right? Exactly, exactly. Lift each other up. That's for sure. Well, <laughs> damn, I love your perspective on this scene. I like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and we need to have more of that. Let's let's keep growing it. <laughs> I agree. I can't wait for you to share this and maybe other people will feel the same. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what kind of, with that in mind, what kind of goals do you have yourself for yourself as a musician or with, you know, Teenage Bigfoot? Um, for Teenage Bigfoot, I'd like to, for us to finally put out a full length. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's easy to stay in an EP rut when you write songs that are a minute and 30 seconds long. <laughs> um, but, uh, in the fall, so we're going on a, uh, we're doing a little mini tour this summer. And so when we come back in the fall, um, we're going to start working on a full life, take a, like, take our time to, out with shows. Um, you know, we're the kind of band where we're like, Hey, if you're coming through and like, if you're down to have a good time, like we're, we're here to play. Um, but it, it's time for us to like, take some time and just start like, you know, just really shaping what we're trying to do and really just set the, our goals for ourselves. So the answer for Teenage Bigfoot is we're working on it. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> though. Uh, but for myself, like, as I said earlier, like, I, I love to retire in jazz. Like, I'm, <laughs> like I, I'd like to start, like, learning more instruments. Like, I, I taught myself how to play guitar for the most part, but I'd like to get better. I taught myself how to play drums. I'd like to get better. Piano has literally been on my list for years uh but they're just like just things i think that'll help me become a better songwriter over time uh which is my real is my real end game is i'd like to become a very solid like constantly working songwriter like someone who can think about each individual like item of a song like i think about uh i think about how like jeff rosenstock might must write a song because like all those like when you're listening to those records and there's just like all those little details of sound like in the background, even if it's just like two seconds and it never comes back. Like it's just like just to be able to like think about that and just to be able to arrange like I wanna be a composer, I think is what I really wanna do. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much intricacy that you can pack into music and when you start to think about separating and isolating the different parts and sounds that get placed into that, it's kinda like, Oh shit, this is this is awesome. There's a lot going on here and you wanna be the one who puts all that together. Exactly. And I'd like to bring that to punk. Like, I would really like for that to be something, you know, like, again, I love, like, your, your bubblegum stuff, and I like just simple three-chord things, but, like, I also like doing something different, and I just want, like, <laughs> I basically want everything I write to sound like D4. <laughs> <laughs> so if I could do that in the best way possible, I think, <laughs> I think it's my real goal there, you know. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Well, it sounds like you're well on your way with all the things that you're teaching yourself and the efforts that you're putting into a teenage Bigfoot. So you brought up names, of course, like Billy Joe Armstrong and Jeff Rosenstock. But if you could play with any band or musician who is currently alive or maybe resurrect them from the dead, who would it be? Oh, man. Well, I said Billy Joel earlier. I'd love to be in Billy Joel's band. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but playing drums for that. Yeah, well, um, honestly, I thought, you know, I've never really thought about that. If given all skills and talent, if I had acquired all of those skills to be able to be in that kind of band, I'd want to be in, like, a sweet funk band. Ooh. I'd want to like, be playing with George Clinton or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, the real goal. I just, like, because, again, it's just, like, sweet party music that's, like, written just to let people have a good time. 
like, hey, did you come here to listen to this? You're about to have a really great time. Well, <laughs> that sounds perfect. I mean, I feel like I that's the kind of energy your yeah. shows have. I, I just picture it based on hearing the recordings and stuff. It's like, yeah, let's keep that, that vibe going. Yeah, <laughs> that's my goal. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, where can everybody keep up with all things Teenage Bigfoot and then your projects? Uh, Teenage Bigfoot is on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Teenage Bigfoot, probably, I'm assuming. Uh, <laughs> teenagebigfoot.bandcamp.com uh, is nice and easy there. Um, things that I'm working on, uh, I don't know, facebook.com slash my name. <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly like uh, Twin Peaks and RuPaul's Drag Race memes right now, so I apologize. But yeah. <laughs> it's, all fun. it's all fun and good. It's <laughs> fun and good, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm doing my best to stay on top of the Facebook thing. Um, I posted a bunch of new dates. Uh, just the other day, there's info about the tour in the summer. We're gonna be in the Midwest. We're gonna be in Chicago at the end of August, which is super exciting. It's our first time going on tour. We're like all pooping our pants about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So check check that Facebook. Awesome. Well, everybody's gonna have to check out and keep up with Teenage Bigfoot. Sounds like there's some really awesome things on the way. Thanks so much, Tiffany. Thank you. Feels like 22 and the odds ended our favorite old sailor screwed. We felt sad in talking about making space for women and the impact that leaves on scenes in the long term. I'm excited for the kind of music and impression that Teenage Bigfoot will leave. That's it for this week, but you can keep up with all things Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search at Angry Girl Music. Until next time, scout out your local scene for diversity and call out those that don't. You can make an impact right now.